Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron's Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We're so thrilled to hear from you today. And definitely, we have a fantastic lineup and great show for you tonight. It is now May 14, 2021, and it's Friday night. We're going to have a great time for you tonight. Great show lined up for you. And definitely, I'm Allen from the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Aaron, unfortunately, couldn't make it tonight, so definitely we send him our regards, and we're going to have a great show for you guys. Hey, we got a lot of great things to discuss, a lot of great things going on in the sports world, and a lot of big things going on in life, so we're going to go ahead and let you guys always know that you're welcome to join in. Phone number to call in as a guest is 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. Please feel free to call in, discuss, and give your opinion. I'd love to hear from you. We would love to go ahead and discuss anything you would like. But I'm going to start up the show with the NFL. And one of the big things that's happened this week is that Tim Tebow got signed by the Jaguars. That's right. Tim Tebow got signed by the Jaguars to be the tight end. And the discussion this week was, how is it fair that Tim Tebow, who's been out of the league since 2012, got re-signed to play for the Jaguars versus Colin Kaepernick, who has been, you know, trying to get back in the league, has even tried out, and still does not have somebody who's willing to give him a contract. You know, he's a free agent. And why did Tim get this opportunity and not Colin Kaepernick? Well, I'm going to answer that for you. I'll make it real easy for you. You know, with Tim Tebow, he made the right choice. Tim Tebow, you know, you got to give him credit. He stayed in shape throughout the whole ordeal. And what he did was Tim Tebow basically passed on his dream to play in the Major League Baseball. So he had an invitation to come down to spring training and maybe play for the Mets But in lieu of that, he decided to go ahead and, you know what, say, you know, baseball is not my thing at this point. I enjoyed the run, but it's time for me to close that part of life and and move on. And he did that. And what he did was he changed position. You know, he's a tight end now. And this is a situation in life where I've said it to my friends a lot of times. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And guess what? Tim Tebow knows Urban Meyer. They used to play together. They won championships together at the University of Florida. There's a lot of history the two of them have. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So Urban Meyer, he is a big fan of Tim Tebow. So Tim did the right thing. He changed his position to a tight end. And you know what? Kudos to Tim for, for landing the job because – Sometimes in life you have to make adjustments 
to get where you need to go. And he made the adjustment. He changed position. Now, with Colin Kaepernick, why he's not playing in the NFL is because of one factor. Colin Kaepernick is not playing in the NFL because of Colin Kaepernick. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. I like and I respect the heck out of Colin Kaepernick. If you want to be an activist and you want to kneel because of unequal rights, racial inequality, I respect that and I like it. And you have a point. You, there is, unfortunately, in this society, people do not get treated fairly because of their race or their skin or ethnic background. Not in all cases, but it does happen. And believe me, you are from a rough neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York. I've seen a lot, and I know that these things do exist. Having said that, if you want to be an activist, I respect that. The only issue with Colin Kaepernick is not only is he an activist, he's drama-filled. When he had to try out play in Atlanta, in Georgia, that whole tryout was a tobacco was a tobacco. It was just drama filled. You know, all you had to do was just, if you were Colin Kaepernick, keep a low profile, keep your mouth shut, show them what you could do, show some contrition, show that all you want to do is play in the NFL at this point and put the kneeling or the activist side aside and you just want to play. If he would have came with that attitude and would have made this play, the tryout drama less, I believe a team would have came back with a contract for him. I really do believe that. But the fact that you had this trial, you changed location, you made uh, statements afterwards, you had press conferences, it sounded like you did not change much after the few years of being out of the league. Let's just be real. It seemed like there was still a lot of drama attached to you, like you were still looking to stir up waves in the NFL. And the NFL, they don't need that. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be remembered as the guy who started the kneeling in the NFL, you have that title. And yes, there was a lot of positive things that did come out of that situation with you kneeling. But if you kneeling and being an activist and playing the NFL are two different things. The NFL is not going to go for that. And I think they entertained it for a while, but it just it got to the situation where it was just too much. So I understand fans are upset. I understand players like, hey, what about Colin? He deserves a chance. Colin had his opportunity, and I don't feel as if he took advantage of those opportunities to the best of his ability. He played really well during the tryouts. He played actually very well. But all the stuff attached to it made it hard for him to come back in the league. So congratulations, Tim Tebow. You know, he changed the position. He's going to be playing for the Jaguars. That's really cool because he's back in the league again, and it's nice to see that Tim Tebow will be on the field. So kudos to Tim Tebow. Other news in the NFL, (laughs) you know what? It's the ageless wonder. Frank Gore, at 38 years old, is still playing in the NFL. And you know what? He's third on the list. He's creeping up. He is creeping up. If the guy continues to play, gets around 1,000 yards per Per year, you know what? I don't know if he'll get Emmett Emmett Smith, but he could move up to number two. And he's 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 still grinding. You know, you can't hate on that. A guy's thirty eight years old. Most guys at the age of thirty, they have trouble even getting a contract in the NFL 
or if you do get a contract, it's not going to be really what you're worth because that age of 30 is the year that most running blacks, statistically speaking, are on the decline. Not for Frank Gore. He's still grinding. Congratulations to Frank Gore doing his thing at 38 years old in the NFL, running back, and he's third on the list, folks. That's a future Hall of Famer. You know, he's, he's, he's staying consistent with it. And you don't know, he might get number two or number one on the list, but I, I think two is probably going to be more of where he'll at, or if he doesn't get number two, he'll be real close to getting number two. So kudos to Frank Gore. You know, uh, a lot of great things we have here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Circle Radio Show to discuss. I also will get you updated here, too, in the NBA. You know, we got some great things happening in the NBA. Definitely uh, rest in peace to Laker legend Kobe Bryant. You know, I follow his wife, and I tell you, you know, Vanessa Bryant, she really, really loves Kobe Bryant. You know, she she loves her family. She loves Gigi. And, uh, you know, you can tell that this thing is not something that's it's going to ever be something she'll ever kind of forget or kind of like uh, maybe have a great – she might have a great day or two without thinking about it as much, but I don't think she makes it to the end of the week without thinking about the loss. So why Kobe Bryant is uh, being mentioned is that, you know, definitely he's a legend. We, you know, rest in peace. But Kobe Bryant was inducted to the Hall of Fame. They're going to have his ceremony tomorrow, and, and definitely his Hall of Fame ceremony well-deserved. And also in the class of Kobe Bryant will be Tim Duncan. You know, definitely a fantastic player for the Spurs. Great ambassador for the game, Tim Duncan, as well as Kevin Garnett. So kudos to the NBA and those selection of Hall of Famers going in. Again, that uh, that's scheduled to be tomorrow, the ceremony. So don't miss it, guys. And... Um, there was a great, great debate that brought up here probably a little over a week ago, and it made me really think. It made me really, really think long and hard before I really voiced an opinion about this, and this is regarding the NBA and the NFL. The question was, which is harder to win, a Super Bowl ring or an NBA championship? Now, think about that for a moment before you, you go ahead and, like, respond or, or call in or think about it. What is harder, to win a Super Bowl or an NBA championship? Well, I thought about this a lot, and as much I've heard arguments for both sides, they, they both have very good points. It's, it's tough to win a championship. Let me just get that out first. It is tough to win a championship, whether it be NBA NFL, Major League Baseball, winning a Stanley Cup, being a champion in boxing or golf, it is tough to win because you got only one person can win and you got a lot of people trying to get that same spot. And as uh, the great Nelly would say in his song, two is not a winner and three nobody remembers. Having said that, after thinking about it long and hard, I would have to say, and again, this is no diss on anybody. It's hard to win both. I would have to say 
that winning an NBA championship, in my opinion, is tougher to win than a Super Bowl. As hard as it is for me to really digest that, let me explain to you why I came up to that conclusion. We'll talk about the NFL first. In order for you to win a Super Bowl, you have to, worst case scenario, win four games. So what I mean by that is let's say you're a team that was mediocre during the year, you end up having uh, end up the year strong, and you make it to the wild card team. You're going to have to play four games. You'll have to play the toughest team who had the best record basically first round, and you'll have to play them at, at their ballpark, at their uh, stadium. So you have to win that round. Then you're going to win, have to go to the divisional round, which is going to be tougher competition. Then you have to go to the championship round, which is now you're getting that, of course, you're getting more difficult. And then you have to win the Super Bowl. So you have to win a total of four games. First, you got to make the playoffs. That's number one, of course. Then you got to win four games in a row to win the Super Bowl. If you were a team that was okay and made it to the playoffs, just barely made it wildcard team, which is usually going to be a team that has about nine wins, seven losses, sometimes 10 wins, six losses, depending on the year, sometimes 11, uh, 11 and five, or I'm sorry, 11 and six, I beg your pardon. So you don't have to be the best team, but you don't have, you can't be the worst team. You have to be a team that's actually done okay during the year and put yourself in a position to make at least a wild card. That's one aspect of it. Now let's say you were a very good team and you actually won your division. If you win your division and dominate during this regular season, you get rewarded by having a first-round bye. So you won't even play a team that has the lowest record in the first round. So you're going to play the lowest-seeded record in the second round, but not in the first round. So if you do, let's say, go ahead and work hard and you win your division, you only have to win three games, including the Super Bowl, to win. You get the first-round bye, you win the divisional series, you win the championship, you win two games basically, and you're in the Super Bowl, and then you win the Super Bowl, and boom, you got a Super Bowl ring. Now, of course, you had a much better record during the regular season. In the NBA championship, you have to win 16 games. And you might be like, well, you know, the teams that are really good, winning 16 games is no problem. Well, let me break that down for you. In order for you to advance in the NBA, you have to beat a team, be the best four out of seven. You have to win four games out of seven. That's not that easy to do if you're not the better team. So let's say your team is maybe an eight out of 10. Your team is about an eight, again, out of 10. You're playing teams that are nine or 9.5. You can probably beat them for a day. You might even go up 0-2, but usually the better team at this point will figure you out and figure out how you're beating them, and they'll go ahead and win the series. You know, let me give you an example. I know this is not an a, a example of, of baseball or football, but it's an example of why the better teams usually win in a seven-game series. In baseball, and I'm a Yankees fan, my Yankees, this is even when Alex Rodriguez on the team, I'm sorry. Yeah. So my Yankees went up 
three to zero against the Red Sox. Now, prior to that, I felt watching the series prior to them playing the Yankees. They played the Yankees in the second round. I watched a lot of their the Red Sox that is games in the playoffs and leading into the playoffs. For some reason, every time I would turn on the TV, as much and I, the Red Sox was my nemesis, I would turn on the TV. And at that very moment, for some reason, the Red Sox would be playing a game. It would be like a big game at the end of the year or the, the round, the series before they play the Yankees. And I tell you what, the Yankees had a very good team that year. They had Gary Sheffield. They had very good hitters. But when I watched the series of the Red Sox, I felt in my heart the Red Sox had a better team. They had an all-around better team than the Yankees. And mind you, the Yankees went up 3-0. And when it was coming to the fourth game, I said, you know what? If you're the Yankees, you better close that door and go ahead and get out and dodge as fast as you can. Because I felt in my heart the Red Sox were the better team. Yankees go up 3-0. They were leading in the last game, fourth game. Should have been the closeout game. It was a close game. The, the Red Sox got a hit, timely hit against Mariano Rivera, and guess what? They tied the game and ended up winning that game. And they won it in late-inning fashion. When the series was thrilled, still 3-1, I said, uh-oh, that team that I was watching prior to that knew I knew were better is now showed up. They're here on the field. And I said, the Yankees are in trouble. The Yankees are in trouble. And again, it's still 3-1. Needless to say, the better team won. The Yankees, the Red Sox won the next three games, went ahead and won the next series with ease, and then went ahead and won the World Series. So when you're playing a seven-game series, in most cases, the better team wins. You can play a team for one day and – Yes, you, anybody, anybody could win that game, but I just feel as if to win 16 games, to win that many games, you would you have to you have to beat a better team. And in an NBA thing uh, scenario, when the Bulls and the Jazz face with Michael Jordan, the Jazz had an excellent team, but you know what, the Chicago Bulls had an excellent with a plus at the end. They were A plus. They were A versus A plus. And the Bulls ended up pulling up and won both years in a row to win the championship and deny the the Jazz. So as much I hate to admit it, when I thought about this more and analyze it more, in my opinion it is more difficult to win an NBA championship. I can I can uh <laughs> face somebody in golf and I could have the best day of my life playing golf that day. They could have not so good a day. I could be playing Tiger in his prime, Rory in his prime, DJ, and I could come out beating them by like five or six strokes. But you know what? If I have to play them the best out of seven, the reality is going to come in that they're better and they're more consistent and they're going to end up winning the four out of seven. So the answer to that the NBA championship is, my opinion, harder to win than a Super Bowl. They're both very difficult, extremely difficult, 
but I would have to say if you if you told me which one I feel as if is more difficult, the NBA championship wins. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about something that I am really, really passionate about, something I really love, and that is golf. Golf is something that uh today is a special day for me when it comes to golf. Because on May 14, 2021, I'm going to give you guys some great advice today that's going to help out your golf game. But today is special to me in golf because it is the first day that I have actually shot a birdie. And that was today on Friday, May 14, 2021. First time I shot a birdie. And let me tell you, I was so proud of myself. I was so elated and so happy. I got close to getting a birdie over the course of me playing golf seriously since September, September of last year. So September of this year would make it a full year that I've been playing on a, I would say golf, really playing golf, meaning practicing, trying to get better. Prior to that, I would play maybe once, twice a year, never really went to the range, just picked up my clubs and just, did whatever. I really wasn't really a player until September of last year. I literally got between September to now close to getting a birdie 12 to 13 times. You know, and I would always find a way to miss the putt. I would be sometimes 8 foot away, 10 foot, 6 and a half foot. One time I was about 4 feet away and missed the putt. And I realized what I was doing wrong, and that took me today to figure that out. I kept saying to myself, hey, man, you make this putt, it's birdie. Hey, man, you make this putt, it's birdie. Hey, man, you make this putt, it's birdie. And then, and then I would do the other thing, start thinking happy thoughts. Well, guess what? After missing 12 or 13 tries, I said to myself today, just make the dang shot. Make the shot, man. Just put it in the cup. Make the shot. You know, it was more like, you know, bump all of that. Forget the fact it's a birdie. Forget the fact that it's anything else than you making a shot. Make the shot, man. And that's what I said to myself, and it worked. I had the, just the right speed to it. It was about a six-and-a-half-foot putt uphill. The great thing is it was a straight. I put it in a very good spot. It was a straight putt, meaning all I had to do was really just hit it straight, six-and-a-half feet going uphill, have the right touch to it, and it would have landed in the cup. And I thought I left it a little short, but sure enough, it slowed up, and it just one more rotation rolled in the cup. And I was so excited. I finally got my first birdie. So if you're in a situation of playing golf, a couple of things I want to mention to you. Number one, don't be thinking to yourself all day long that it's a birdie, 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 because you'll drive yourself crazy. In most cases, you'll psych, you'll get tensed up, and it won't work. For me, it was just like, man, just make this, this shot, man. Just make the shot. That worked for me. You know, that's advice, advice. Another thing that made that birdie possible was persistence. Persistence made that birdie possible today. Because I was running out of time, and I said, you know what? Let me play the two tougher holes, the two water shot holes where you have to hit over water. And let me just call it the day. And I was going to call it the day after I hit the second water shot, uh, the second um, hole that 
had water. I, I got, uh, you know, I went ahead and finished two holes. And then I said, you know what? I got to pass this hole anyway in order for me to go ahead and finish off my balls at the driving range. I had about 10 or 12. I had about maybe about 15 left. I said, I got to pass this hole anyway. Let me just pass this hole, give it a try. Let me just do it real quick. And that was the hole that I birdied. You know, I wasn't having, prior to that that point, I was not having a good golfing day. I was, I had an even worse golfing day than the prior time I went out there. I was hitting, you know, bogeys pretty much, double bogeys. I had one par, whereas the other days I had multiple pars. It was just a real frustrating day. But I said, you know what, let me just try one more hole and see what happens. And that was the hole that I birdied. So if you get frustrated in golf out there, before you quit, before you end the day, give it one more try. Push yourself to give yourself one more try because you might do something spectacular. So that's my advice. Don't give up. Keep practicing. Other news in golf is that uh, Roy McIlroy, congratulations to him, went into Wells Fargo Championship. You know what? I got to give kudos to Rory because you know, he hasn't won since 2019, and it was looking pretty bleak for him to win it because you have some newer players coming on strong. DJ's, you know, he's always in a mix. But believe it or not, the person that really, I believe, kind of hurt Rory's game, and he kind of said it himself, was watching too much of Bryson. Bryson DeChambeau, he really analyzes his game a lot. He pays close attention to his his uh, swing speed, he does those analytics. He has a little monitor right next to him to determine his swing speed. He also checks out uh, the exit velocity of, of his golf balls. And he he really wants to get that high, you know, mile per hour and swing speed. And that's not really Rory's game. Rory has a really beautiful, technically sound swing. It is hard for you to find someone who – who has an even better looking swing than Rory is. He's up there. You know, you might find one guy with a better swing out of a field of a hundred, but there's not too many. So Rory really wins with power because he can hit with power, but that's not, his game is not a power game, meaning he can hit a, a 350, 375-foot drive, that being Rory McIlroy. But his thing is making those great chips, those great putts, and his short game and using that beautiful stroke to his advantage, he wins more finesse. And I think he got away from his finesse and went with more power. She said, you know, a few tournaments back and that got his swing out of whack. And he was really watching somebody and watching them too much and try to imitate them a little too much. And now he got back to his, his roots and he won. So the moral to that story is be who you are. You know, everybody's different and we're different for a reason. You got to stick to who you are. Don't, you know, you could watch what someone's doing and you may admire it. It might be a nugget you might pick up from them or two, maybe three, but you're not them. So don't compete and try to follow and mimic everybody because you can't just instantly copy someone and then you're going to have the same result. And obviously Rory tried it. It didn't work. So kudos to Rory for winning the Wells Fargo championship. And uh, also speaking of Bryson, I was watching some of his drives today and man, this guy, 
131 mile per hour swing speed. I mean, he was just absolutely crushing the ball off the drive, hitting everything well over 300 feet, maybe about 350, 360, 375. I mean, that's just – and hitting it where it needed to be on the fairway in most of them. You know, so he's not just hitting a blast and then it's going all way, way right. It was actually staying straight, most of them. The kudos to Bryson. I did see those drives. I did uh, I did like that post. So Bryson DeChambeau, he's uh he's got that big, big swing, boy. And um, you know, having those drives is is hopefully gonna help him win the championship his the tournament. So kudos to Bryson with those big drives. That's why I got that drive. I got the <laughs> Yep, I got the Cobra. <laughs> speed uh speed driver same that bryson has so i'm working on my game i can't hit a 350 foot drive i'm not gonna pretend like i can i you know i'm still working at it but it definitely is a a great driver and you know one of the things that definitely i gotta give props to this week that happened is to showtime sean porter you know, Showtime, Sean Porter, that's the man right there. And the reason why I got to give him credit is I was able, I also have to give, given our organization credit, what ended up happening this week was this is Mental Health Awareness Month. So for those who don't know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, month of May. So definitely if you're struggling in that department of mental health, it is a serious serious topic and let me just give a little side story here for those who don't know some of you already do some of your fans already know this but me and Aaron unfortunately was uh, both affected by a long-term mutual friend that both Aaron shared and I shared for many years unfortunately did uh, take their own life commit suicide after that event, uh, myself and Aaron used that as motivation to go ahead and start our show here, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So we definitely, if there's some life situations that definitely supersede sports, we're going to talk about that. And mental health is definitely one of those serious topics that supersede health. And I saw this great webinar that was going to be offered by given given our organization props and kudos to them for hosting it. And it was going to be about mental health, how a professional athlete deals with mental health. And the great thing about that webinar is that you had a boxer, professional boxer, two-time welterweight champ, Showtime Sean Porter on there. And, you also had Shamiqua, who was also a basketball Hall of Fame, women's basketball Hall of Famer, on the show as well. And they were going to talk about how they their experiences with mental health being a professional athlete. And they're very successful, both of them in their own rights, in their own sports. And they're very different. One's basketball, one's basketball, one is boxing. But they they shared a lot of great things on that webinar and you got a chance. It was like a Zoom webinar, too, so you get a chance to see them. And 
it's not just a, a pre-recorded; it was live. So you get a chance to hear Sean Showtime Sean Porter give his his testimony and and Shmikwa, and it was just it was just it was just it was just fantastic. And I really want to let our viewers know that if you're struggling and you need help in that department of mental health, there is ways that you can find help. And don't be afraid to reach out and get some insight on mental health. You know, um, what you can do is go to our Facebook page. I did post up the link there so you can watch the entire webinar. You can go ahead and check it out, see for yourself what they had to say. And I think it's going to be something that's going to really help you if you're struggling with mental health, if you need help in that department, you know, you get a chance to hear from, you know, very successful people that, hey, you know, you're not alone. You get a chance, you know, things in life do happen, not just to you, but to other people too. And they had very practical and relatable stories that I think anybody could get value out of. I'm so thrilled and honored that I went ahead and went to this webinar because it was so insightful and it was just great. It's only about an hour long and you get a chance to go to a Facebook page. You'll even see that the post that I put on there and thanking them and you can just click on the link and you'll get a chance to watch the entire webinar. You get a chance to see it's about an hour long and it's going to be something that you're going to love. And that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted you to go ahead and check it out. You know, that's, that's a mental health, mental health appreciation month. That's this month. And one of the things too, that I think you're going to get value for, there is also a toll free number that I did list on the post as well. So you'll get a chance if you need some additional help, you feel as if you want to talk to somebody about your mental health, definitely go ahead and check that, that phone number. I'll, I'll say that number on the ear too. In a, in a few moments, I'll go ahead and do that for you. But um, definitely, if you need help in that department, you know, definitely it doesn't hurt to, to watch this story. So check out our Facebook page. Go ahead and check it out. I also wanted to thank Showtime Sean Porter because I did post how great the webinar was on Twitter. And Showtime Sean Porter, he uh, liked it and retweeted it. So you know what? Thank you to Showtime Show Porter for one of the guests on the webinar, as well as showing us some love with the like, as well as retweeting it. So, you know what? <laughs> That's awesome. You know, when you get a celebrity to like your tweet, <laughs> it's always a great feeling. You also get an athlete that uh, goes ahead and retweets it. That's even double the pleasure. So, <laughs> I really, truly appreciate it. You know, nothing but love, and, you know, I'm going to definitely uh, do my best to share great stories like that with you guys. And then um, we're going to talk a little bit more about boxing, too, today. You know, uh, I wanted to talk about the Billy Ray Saunders versus Canelo, okay? A lot of people talked about that during during this week. And one of the things that they talked about was Billy Ray Saunders had a really, I mean, bad injury. I, I definitely don't want, I wouldn't wish that on any of my worst enemies or friends or anybody. He basically took a punch from Canelo 
that fractured three of his orbital bones. I mean, you talk about pain, that's probably in another category. So he suffered three fractures in an orbital bone and his eye was cut closed shut. And what people were saying was that Billy Ray quit. You know what? Let's, I, let me give you my opinion on that. And before I show you the opinion, let me give it a toll-free number. I have it up here for mental health. If you need assistance on that, it's 1-844-660-0440. Again, that number is 1-844-660-0440. And that's a great phone number for you to have to discuss mental health. Well, with the Billy Ray Saunders incident, I don't think Billy Ray Saunders quit. I think he did a, a smart move. Let's just for assume for a second, which I had Billy Ray Saunders only winning in that fight at versus Canelo. I had him personally winning four, maybe five rounds. And the reason why I say that first and foremost is because Billy Ray Saunders was doing really well. He was hitting Canelo. He was connecting. But you could tell that those punches were not really hard-type punches. They were like they didn't, have much, they didn't have much pop on the punch. So, yes, he was connecting. He did catch him flush sometimes. But those punches weren't really hard punches. It was like volume punches. Anytime Canelo connected, which may have been at a rate a little bit lower than Saunders, you could tell that he was – the difference was the power. The power that Canelo had in those hands was just lethal. Anytime he connected with Billy Ray, you could just see it that Bill Saunders was getting affected. So let's assume that Billy Ray won five. Let's even say he won six rounds, which he didn't win five or six, in my opinion. He won more like four. But let's assume he won six. So now you're in the ninth round. What about a minute? I believe about a minute and a half to go. And prior to that, the the seventh and eighth round, and now you're in the ninth round, Canelo was really starting to pick up steam. He was starting to connect more. You could tell Billy Ray was getting a little tired, where he would avoid keeping his feet still and standing in one spot to avoid that body shot. He wasn't doing that as much around the sixth, time, sixth round. Maybe the conditioning got to him. But he took a couple of rough body shots, and even Pacquiao was like, oh, those body shots. Those body shots are just crushing. The reason why I say Billy Ray Saunders did the right thing by not continuing the fight was at that point, Canelo was really coming on real strong. He was even egging on the crowd like, let's go. He had all the momentum. And he had all the endurance at that point. It was almost like at the seventh, it was around the seventh, eighth round, Canelo now was found in stride. The only, the only reason why you take a fight is because you take a fight with the knowledge and the hope that you can actually win the fight. In the condition that Billy Ray Saunders was, when his shut, he was losing steam already prior to that, there was no way, I would say point zero 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 one percent chance that billy ray would actually a survive to the 12th round without a knockdown 
and B, win that fight at that point. You had already lost the fight, in my opinion. Canelo had blood in the water. You were, you were done. Once you suffered that injury, you can't see out of an eye. You weren't doing well the last two rounds, two to three rounds, prior to you having one of your eyes shut. So you're going to tell me that you weren't doing good in the seventh to eighth round against Canelo with both eyes open. You're going to do a lot better now that you have one eye open and you're barely moving. Absolutely, positively not. This is one of the things that fight fans, and I love boxing fans, you have to understand. You're not in the ring. It's easy for you to say a guy can continue because he, only, he still has one eye, but you don't know how it feels to have three orbital fractures in your face and your eyes shut and you're facing Canelo. You understand? The only thing that would have happened if you were to continue that fight is that Billy Ray Saunders would have got pummeled for your entertainment. And that's, to me, that's not what boxing is all about. He wasn't going to win the fight at that point. It was over. Canelo was going to just, just pummel him even more. And Canelo knew he had him really, really hurt. He had him exactly where he wanted him. There's no way that Canelo wasn't going to win that fight at that point with that injury. So instead of taking all that punishment and making your eye even worse, Billy Ray did the right thing and just discontinued, whether it's Billy Ray or his his uh, team or it was a combination of Billy Ray and his team, or it was just his team, whoever decided from his corner, whether it was all of them or just one of them, to not continue to fight, they did the right thing. Billy Ray Saunders did not quit. He just basically wasn't going to win the fight, and he said it doesn't make sense for this to continue. I'm not going to come back out, and he did the right thing, in my opinion. Absolutely, he did the right thing. So Billy Ray Saunders did not quit. Canelo had him right where he wanted him. And for those fans who think that, yo, he should just continue on, well, you take some punches by Canelo and you might want to think twice about it. Everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the face, like Mike Tyson said. So as far as I'm concerned, Bill Ray, kudos for even taking a challenge and lasting up until the ninth round with Canelo, but you weren't going to win the fight, even if you, even if you won every single round. At that point, there's no way you were going to last three and a half rounds against against <laughs> Canelo. It's not going to happen. You lost the fight. Might as well just, just wrap it up. Having said all that, the uh, other thing about Canelo is this. I was talked a lot about this week. Is Canelo <laughs> the pound-for-pound king, or is it Terrence Crawford? Because right now the ranking has Canelo 2, Terrence Crawford number 1. And I'm going to give you my opinion on this. I bit my tongue and bit my lip and held my fingers back to responding to a lot of the comments that was on Facebook and people's opinions. And I saved them up for right now to give it to you. Let me explain this to you, and I will bring this, make this crystal clear. Canelo is the pound-for-pound king in the boxing world right now. Not only is he the pound-for-pound king, he's got a stranglehold on boxing. He is got the boxing game, as guys in the street would say, Canelo has a boxing game right now on lock, on lock. There is nobody right now, Andrade, Caleb, 
none of them are even the Canelo brothers are going to be Canelo at this point. I said it here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Canelo is 30 years old. He's in his prime. He learned from the Mayweather loss, and he's had a lot more fights since then. He's fought the best of the best. He fought Triple G. He he um you know he he fought the Crusher. This guy beats the best of the best, and there's nobody right now who is not going to get washed by him. I know Andrade talked about getting the next fight with Canelo. I respect and I like Andrade, but you know what? You're not in the same classes as Canelo, and I don't even think you're going to last till the ninth round like Billy Ray Saunders against Canelo. I know you want to get paid. I get all that. I know you want to stir up controversy. I get all that, too. I know you want to interrupt press conferences, but the bottom line is Canelo is right. You're, you're, I wouldn't say you're a horrible fighter, but I wouldn't say that, but I would say you're a very good fighter, but you're just not on Canelo's level. So I don't see it happening. Having said that, we have a call on the line. Let me bring him on the line now. Welcome to the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. Hey, Allen, is that you? Yeah, it sure is. How you doing, Lou? How you feeling tonight? All right. I made it. Yes, you sure did. You sure did. I'm so glad yeah. you did. So glad to yeah. hear from you. How, how's your, your week been? Uh, week is week is pretty good. You know, my, uh, my Knicks made the playoffs, so I'm a happy camper. Yes. Yes, they sure did. How do you think they're going to do in the playoffs? Uh, beautiful. I think they'll get maybe the, uh, into the second round. It may it may take a while to get. I may take well um, some uh, creativity to make to make it pass there, but I think at least they'll make it to the second round. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's 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 always a good thing, you know, when your team makes it. And in fact, I had that question earlier today. Which one do you think is harder to win, an NBA championship or NFL Super Bowl? I'd say an NBA championship. You know what? Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, we, All right. Like minds think alike. I thought about it. I, I, when, when that question was asked to me, I didn't give an answer right away. I, I had to actually think about that a lot. It's a tough question. But I will let you explain. Why do you think the NBA? NBA is more competition, more teams there. It takes, you know, it takes a well, It's a grueling, it's a grueling series, you know, and, you know, you know, it grains a lot of the, a lot of the teams out. You know, it's very tough to win 16 games uh, to win a championship. The NFL, you only got to win three or four. You know, it. Although football is more contact, but basketball is you know very physical and you know it can be very draining in a long process. It takes two months to get done. Yeah, absolutely right. I, you know, exhausted. Yeah, I agree with you, and that's exactly what I was. That's the reason, why, and I thought about it a lot. I. I think that both it's, to win a championship on both sides is not easy, but I do think it's a no. little bit harder winning in NBA because, like you said, you got to win 16 games. I mean, it's grueling, and not only that, you got to win four out of seven out of the teams that you're playing. So, yeah. even if you're playing, even if you're a very good team, but the other team is better, it's going to be hard for you to win that series. You might win a game or two. But you know what? The better team usually, in most cases, win. 
So yeah, yeah. So you think they make it to the? <laughs> you don't think they win the championship then? Not this year, no. But I don't think it's gonna take long. Yeah, yeah. So you know, definitely. And um, what are your thoughts on Tim Tebow getting signed by the Jaguars? Forget it. Forget it. He's out of it. He hasn't played in seven years. There's no – it's a big mistake. You know, I, I told you about that earlier in the show that Tim Tebow really got – you know what? It's not who you – it's not what you know. It's who you know. And him being connected mm-hmm. with Urban Meyer, they have a lot of history. I think he kind of got the hookup, you know. It's who you know. And you got somebody who's the first first-year coach – Urban Meyer in the NFL, and to have somebody that you're playing with, that you're familiar with, that always helps. But so you don't think it's going to work? You don't think he's going to do good as a tight end? Big mistake. He's out of shape, <laughs> probably too. I mean, he hasn't played in so long. Forget it. <laughs> so is it the fact that he hasn't played so long is going to hurt him the most, or the fact that he's not a tight end? I say Murray hasn't played in so long. I mean, you know. You can you can do all the position. I mean that doesn't matter. But when you're out of shape, haven't played in seven years, and plus that, why would you give up your broadcasting contract with CBS? Why would you go back to playing anyway? I think you got to be nuts. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of strange. I mean he gave up. He he actually had an offer to play at least try out for the Mets this year in spring training. They gave him an invitation, and he turned it down. And lo and behold, months later, he's signing a contract to play with the Jaguars, and he's still a broadcaster. So, you know, yeah. he can—he's got options, obviously. But I give him credit for that. But man, I'm sorry. By the way, I missed your show uh, last Saturday. What did you guys talk about? Well, we were discussing, of course, uh, the conclusion of the NFL draft. Uh, we had some UFC and boxing to cover. Um, and we also had special uh, Mother's Day, um, you know, Mother's Day show. So I wanted some of the women more to call in. We got a few of them in, but you know, I was hoping for more. Uh, we got a big show tomorrow. You know, cover the uh, NBA schedule, uh, first round of the uh, NHL playoffs. We'll take a look at who's going to get the spots in the playoff and the uh, playing games in the NBA. Uh, we're going to cover the cheaters and the horse racing. I mean, the pre mistakes. Oh boy, you get the idea. Huh? You you get the you get the point though. Yeah, so it sounds like you got a great show, and lined up for tomorrow. And that's, I plan ahead. That's always a great thing. I plan ahead in life, you know. I mean, you know, life sometimes can throw you curveballs, but it's always good to have a plan in place just in case, you know. We cover baseball too. You gonna talk about baseball? Anything else you gonna talk about tomorrow? Uh, there's a few little items in uh, baseball to uh, talk about. I haven't posted up in my notes. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a jam packed show as it has been, and you guys thought this was the quiet part of the sports season. Ah, uh-uh, not this year. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah. one of the things they were talking about a lot in baseball is this week. You reminded me is that should they do away with that called the the third strike where you have to catch ass to hold on to the ball? Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Well, you know, they're changing a lot of rules, you know, in your baseball. So I think this one should be a, as well, too. I mean, somewhat, you know, a DH in both leagues, uh, they, you know, don't play the two types of rules. You got, they got a point there. I mean, you know, I, 
I don't think it's ever going to be agreeable. Yeah, that's right. You know, basically, baseball has a lot of – they want to change the rules all of a sudden a lot now. You know, over the last five years, they've really, really tried to have been radical with changing the rules where they used to be so traditional, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, definitely – and folks and listeners, if you want to definitely – Lou has his show between 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time. That's tomorrow, Saturday. Eastern do Standard not, Time. I repeat, do not look for it on Blog Talk Radio. How can they find you? Uber. I'm sorry? Uber. Uber. Okay. Uber. And, yep. uh, you know, just go to the Uber, just go to the Uber site, uh, Uber Conferences, and um, at 5 o'clock you can press in, join, join a conference. That's the button you can press. And remember, you can always call the number. Uh, you know, that's you know, you just call the number from there. You don't need to uh, dial into anything. Just call the number that I give, uh, 512-543-4662, and you're in. And and let them know the name of the show. The Enhanced Sports Show. So there you go, folks. Enhanced Sports Show. And their phone number, each is in a time, 5 to 7. 512-543-4662, and it's 512-543-4662. It's Saturday. I to think he's gone. Oh, so on the East Coast, that's right. East is Standard Time, 5 to 7 Coast, p.m. Yes. Yep, East Coast Time. And Lou, and uh, you know, he'll have a panel. he have great sports discussions. And anything else you wish to share with our listeners today, Lou? Um, no, it's just about it. I mean, we got everything all, all set because, you know, we got, ooh, the Spurs clinched the 10th uh, spot for the playing tournament. Okay. This will be fun. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a lot to cover tomorrow. It's going it should be a very interesting show. In fact, I think the rest of the month is going to be pretty interesting. June, eh, well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure you'll figure out something. So definitely your show is awesome and if, you know, folks, check them out. Enhanced Sports Show, 512-543-4662. Definitely, uh, Lou is, is a great, great guest on our show. We always appreciate having him. He's fantastic. The man's a legend. So definitely check into his show Glad tomorrow. I'm a legend, but. <laughs> Five to seven. He's not yet. Not now. yet. I haven't reached that status. <laughs> always a pleasure having Lou here. And. Definitely, Lou. I hope you have a great show tomorrow and a fantastic weekend. I appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Alan. If you get a chance, you call in too. I hope you can. Okay, I'll definitely, I'll definitely do my best to call in tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Alan. All right. You're welcome. You have a great weekend. In the meantime, that's Lou. Fantastic. That well, I'll consider him a legend. That I love Lou. I really appreciate him here on the Ellen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So definitely listeners, support his show, 5 to 7. He always has great, great content. He always prepares for his guests. And that's why you should definitely talk and get your thoughts out. I did want to uh, mention that, finish that conversation I was talking about, Canelo. Canelo is the powerful pound king in boxing, verbatim. He's 30 years old. He's three years younger than Terrence Crawford. And the biggest reason why Canelo, in my opinion, is 
the pound for pound ring is not only has he fought the top of the top of the line competition, anybody that's fighting him right now, I don't really give them a good shot of winning at all. I really don't. I think they might stick in a fight, but at the end of the day, Canelo's going to win the fight. It's either going to be a knockout, TKO, or win on decision. You're not going to beat Canelo right at this point. So Terrence Crawford, there's question marks there. Let me just be real. I like Terrence Crawford as a boxer, but Terrence Crawford, in my opinion, is not showing us as a boxing fan that he is the best in, in the welterweight division. I'm talking about the welterweight, the 147 weight class. Terrence Crawford is a very good fighter, but let me be real with you. The best fighter that Terrence Crawford fought was was Kell Brook. Terrence Crawford really has fought out of zero to 10, 10 being the best. You know, out of the 10 best boxers, he usually fought the seventh and eighth guys. I mean, he fought Jeff Horn, who was like, eight or nine out of 10 on the list of 10 best boxers. Yes, Jeff Horn beat Pacquiao, but that was a very questionable decision with Jeff getting that fight. Most people who know about boxing would say Pacquiao won the fight, but they gave the decision to Jeff. Does that mean that Jeff is better than Pacquiao? Absolutely, positively not. So Terrence beat him. He was like number eight out of 10 on the list. Then he went ahead and fought probably let's say number six on the list zero you know six on the best list which would be Kell Brook six or seven and he beat Kell Brook and I give him credit for that that was a very big win but you went from like fighting the eighth or ninth level fighter up to like sixth level maybe seven because I would venture to say that Josecito Lopez is a tougher fighter than Kell Brook but I'll, I'll give you credit you beat Kell Brook he's number six Let's say he's number six on the list. You haven't beat somebody in the top five. Without a doubt, Canelo has beat the top five in his division. He even goes up in, goes up in a division and fights guys that are better than him in other aspects. So, Terrence, you got to beat. In order for me to say that you're in that category of pound for pound, you got to beat either Sean Porter, who was doing that talk, Props to Sean Porter. I was telling you earlier, he, my man retweeted. I, I like my, my tweet. Props to Sean Porter. You got to beat Sean Porter. Had an opportunity to fight Danny Garcia, which would have been definitely in the top five, but now you wasted that opportunity. Danny Garcia now has moved up to 154, so that's, he's pretty much moved out of the welterweight division. You, uh, okay, you had an opportunity to fight Danny Garcia. He's gone. Keith Thurman, we had him on our show here on the Allen Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. He was very interested in fighting you. I'm sure he still is interested in fighting you. But again, you're not interested in really, it doesn't seem to me like you're really interested in fighting him. Errol Spence, you danced around and fighting him. You didn't want to fight him either. So who else do we have on the list? Ugas, who's number five. Fight at least Ugas, man. At least fight Ugas. Fight somebody in that division that's in the top five. Ugas, Keith Thurman, Errol Spence. I mean, you know, Danny Garcia, I mentioned he's already gone. And or Keith or Sean Porter. Fight one of those four guys. You're going to tell me you can't fight one of those four guys? The reason why you haven't fought one of those four guys yet is because you don't want to. Who are you kidding? 
you want the credit of being this great champion, but yet you're not you haven't fought anybody in the top five of your division. So how could you be the top the pound for pound king? To me, that was insulting that you were number one and Canelo was number two. Canelo got a stranglehold on the division. Ain't nobody beating Canelo. My man Crawford, all due respect, I don't know that about you. I don't know that about you. We can talk about this all day long. I think you might beat someone. I think you might. Hey, I think I might shoot five birdies, but until I shoot five birdies in a game, it's all just hearsay. You know what? You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to beat. Call Sean Porter. Showtime Sean Porter. He clearly said in, in in the mental health chat that he is not retired, which means that he's looking for a fight. Go ahead and fight him. Okay, beat somebody in the top five, and then we'll talk. So that ends that discussion. Canelo is the pound-for-pound king. Now, uh, next order of business is Logan Paul has been very impressive in sparring, and the question is, does he have a chance chance against Mayweather? What do you think? Well, here's my thoughts. Logan Paul has a chance. Anytime you go in a ring with somebody in boxing, even if the other guy is a pound-for-pound king, Canelo, or one of the best of the best, do you have a shot? Yes, you have a shot. But realistically, like I said, when this fight was officially announced, the date was set, Logan Paul, in my opinion, has a 10% chance of winning this fight. That's what I give him, a 10% chance. And I'm not saying it's disrespect to Logan Paul, He's 0-1. He did. He lost another YouTuber. But you got to understand, you're going to be in the ring with Floyd Money Mayweather. He is not going to stand. That's the reason why Saunders lost that fight. And this is the reason why Mayweather beat Canelo. Mayweather is so athletic, he's not going to stand still in a spot for three seconds for you to throw a body shot or throw a punch and just not keep his arms up and protect himself. He's either going to give you the shoulder roll or he's going to move out the way. He's not going to give you a clean, you know, body shot where he's going to have a seat planted for three seconds for you to just throw a right hook to his body. So, yes, if Logan Paul can land a couple of punches on him, anything is possible. But I don't think with this being exhibition, which means that they're going to probably have the headgear on, I don't see Logan Paul getting enough opportunities to really land enough punches to beat Mayweather. You know, I I just feel as if that's what's going to happen. He's just not going to land enough to win this fight. And Mayweather is going to have a pretty easy day at the office. If anything, if he's too aggressive and Mayweather hits him just kind of like he did with Ricky Ricky Hatton, where he was – Ricky was way too aggressive – swinging all wild, Mayweather's moving out the way and just countering him and being smooth and slick, getting his punches in, but moving out of the way. Sure enough, Ricky ran into one. Logan Paul can run into one too. I mean, Mayweather, I don't think, gets the credit he deserves with his punching power. Yes, he's not a Manny Pacquiao punch power, but he does have some pop to his punches. And if you get hit too many, especially if you're running into punch, you're going to get hurt. So I understand Logan Paul. I give him credit. He's fighting... A lot of the Gronk brothers, he's doing outstanding against them, but you're not fighting against a guy like Mayweather who's going to move out the way, who's very elusive, has a shoulder roll, has great defense, who's, who's 
50 and 0 for a reason. You got to give Mayweather at least that respect. Yes, he has a chance to win, but I give him a 10% chance. Him being Logan Paul to win the fight. Mayweather wins uh, pretty easily. Maybe Logan Paul gets a round or two, and that's about it. But I think I think it's going to be, you know, you're going to have Chad Ochocinco on the fight card. So it's definitely going to be entertaining. It's definitely going to be fun. But it's not a world-class fight. And it's not really, quote, unquote, an, a, a boxing level fight. It's going to be entertainment. So if you're into entertainment, more kudos to you. I, you know, I'm going to watch it. I definitely, you know, I work in a business, so I'm going to definitely watch this, watch it. Whether fans think it's a circus or not, hey, that's what we do at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Is we check into these things, and we let you know exactly what is, what our thoughts were. So we we uh, definitely are committed to doing that for you. So we're going to watch the fight, and I'll let you know exactly what I thought about Logan Paul and Mayweather. I'll let you know about the whole undercard. They have Chad Ocasio. Somebody did respond to a comment I said on Facebook, and people kept slamming it as a circus. The Mayweather thing is a joke, yada, yada, yada. And I said, hey, you guys are missing the best part. Chad Ochocinco is on the fight card, in just in case you missed it. And someone said, hey, who cares? Nobody cares. I said, well, if you didn't care, you wouldn't have commented. So you do care. The point is, Chad Ochocinco is going to be on the fight card. And I'm going to definitely watch it and, to, you know, see what's going on. And speaking of that, since uh, I'm the, the boxing, you know, aficionado, and I'm the one who gives you all the boxing insight, Aaron does not. Uh, we do have an upcoming event in Miami on June 19th that we're going to be in Miami that I'll be in Miami that weekend. And I'm going to basically give to you the Signature Punch Boxing event featuring Harold Calderon. I'll be able to go ahead and have a great time in Miami. I'll also go ahead and give you guys as many interviews I can. I'll have some video, too. So it should be a great time. I'm going to also try to see if I can snag some other interviews while I'm in Miami and make the best of it. So that is, I got my eyes on a prize on that. And I definitely, I want to also try to see if I can meet up with, uh, in, while I'm in Miami, Xander Zayas, who trans down in South Florida. And he should probably be back from his fight. He has a fight on June 12th. That's another person who liked and retweeted one of my comments. That's Xander Zayas. He's a great up-and-coming boxer for PBC. And um, for, for, I'm sorry, sir. I Top-ranked boxing. I'm not, not PBC. I'm sorry. I was thinking about uh, Sean Palmer from a but top rank boxing, Xander Zayas is one of their – he is the youngest prospect that has ever been signed at 16 years old to top rank boxing, Xander Zayas, and that's Xander with an X. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram. He's an outstanding boxer. He has a fight on June 12th. Quick turnaround because we just interviewed him uh, during the press conference. I asked him a couple of questions. Just a wow, it was just a few weeks ago, and now he's already lined up for another fight on June 12th. And I'm gonna try to get a press conference before and hopefully after. He should be back in South Florida by then 
I'll try to see if I can link up with him, go to his gym, and get an interview with Alexander Zayas. So, Alexander Zayas, you're listening. We really appreciate you if you could do the interview in Miami on the way back from your fight on June 12th. Hopefully, you'll be back in the South Florida area by then. And I'm going to definitely try to get in press conference prior to. So, we got a lot of great things coming up in June, especially in boxing. And uh, definitely, uh, we appreciate you fans for listening and commenting supporting our show, the likes. It definitely does not go unappreciated. We really enjoy you guys, really and love you guys. Again, the phone number that you can save on speed dial here. If you ever want to jump in a conversation, we can talk boxing, we can talk football, golf, anything. That phone number is saved and your phone book is 516-418-5572. Again, that phone number is 516 516- Four one eight five five seven two, and this uh, brings us to the unfortunate time where we're going to go ahead and let you guys go. I think uh, we covered everything here that we had to talk about, and I did want to mention to you on Major League Baseball. The third strike rule, I think they should keep that rule in in place. If you don't catch the third strike, you drop the ball, the batter should continue to go ahead and hit. He is not out until you catch the ball. So I do not agree with that rule. I think the Major League Baseball should keep that rule in place. If you drop the third strike, the guy is not out. Okay? I understand you want to speed up the game, but that's not how you do it. That rule is actually a very good rule. And I think Major League Baseball needs to, you know, you figure out some other ways to speed up the game. Tell guys they can't be coming out of buyers box 15 times, okay? But dropping the third strike, no. That's not an out. The guy's not out. So keep that rule in place. On the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, I definitely want to tell you guys, you know, again, mental health is important. Check into that link. For those people who are struggling with mental health, Mental Health Awareness Month is this month. Go ahead and watch our video, see if it helps you. If not, call that phone number I just that I had shared and uh, get that phone number. Let me just give that to you again. It's one eight four four six six zero zero four four zero. Again, that's one eight four four six six zero zero four four zero. On behalf of Aaron, my name is Alan. I really thank you guys for joining us on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Really want to thank Lou for being a caller in today. He's one of our regulars and really appreciate and think very highly of Lou. Thank you, Lou, for calling in to our show here on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Thank you for listening, our listening audience. And we'll be back next Friday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, that's Friday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. We'll go ahead and get you up to date on things on the NFL, boxing, Major League Baseball, NBA, golf, and boxing, and anything else that does happen. Definitely for the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, we're signing off. You have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. And more importantly, be blessed. Take care, guys. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to the Evan Aaron's Full Stop Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.